Hello and welcome to another episode of Additive Insight, your source for news, interviews and comment on the latest 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence from the TCT editorial team. I'm your host, Laura Griffiths, Head of Content at TCT, and on this episode, I'll be speaking to Dr. Lee Bath Nelson, co-founder and VP of Business at Additive Manufacturing Software as a Service Company, Leo Lane. Since its founding in 2014, Leo Lane has been developing cloud-based solutions which control, protect, and track 3D printed products and files down to the how, where, and how many times they can be produced. On this episode, we discuss increasing challenges around IP as additive moves into production, how the pandemic has forced companies to think more urgently about how they're protecting their 3D printable part data, and how heightened attention on the benefits of distributed manufacturing have emphasised the need for products like Leo Lane. If you like what you hear, you can get your free print subscription to TZT Magazine and receive the biggest 3D printing news stories delivered straight to your inbox every week with our Additive Insight newsletter by subscribing for free at tctmagazine.com. You can also let us know what you think on social at the TCT Magazine and also join in the discussion on the Additive Manufacturing Global Community Discord. But first, a word from our sponsor, Ultimaker. Ultimaker are a manufacturer of desktop extrusion-based 3D printers that can help streamline your workflow and save you time and money. Ultimaker printers offer industrial-grade material options backed by an extensive materials alliance program and they're also paired with trusted Cura slicing software which recently surpassed a milestone of 2 million users. For the decade in the additive manufacturing industry, Ultimaker machines have been used by a wide range of industrial customers for a range of applications. For more info, click the link in the description or visit mytct.co forward slash ultimakerpod. Okay, so thank you for joining us today on the Additive Insight podcast. First of all, how are you doing? I'm doing well, except for the normal COVID stuff, uh, being in lockdown, which is, you know, getting old very fast. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to finally starting a conversation with someone that does not start with with COVID conversation. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I wish we could talk about going to Form Next next month. I really do. <laughs> well, Form Next was actually the the last time that that we caught up, wasn't it? So we are talking like uh, nearly a year ago now. Usually we've got uh, Rapid Plus TCT to catch up with, but we've really not had a an update from from Leo Lane, Leo Lane in, in that time. Um, just so our listeners um, understand a little bit more about Leo Lane, you are, of course, um, the co-founder. Um, can you just tell us what Leo Lane is and what it does? Sure. Uh, so Leo Lane is a software as a service uh, company. We offer uh, a solution that provides IP protection and uh, consistency or repeatability enforcement for additive manufacturing uh, essentially, we offer a solution that lets you protect your, your digital assets in your digital supply chain and digital inventory, and it lets you ensure that every time you produce from those assets, uh, the items will be produced consistently and correctly. And finally, we offer tracking that allows you to show when, where, and how each item was produced. All of this, of course, is very conducive to controlling your uh, digital uh, supply chain and digital manufacturing, but also to certifying it and making sure you complied with the certification. 
As I said, it's been um, a long time since we last um, got together for a chat. It was at Form Next last year. And I do remember at the time you were quite keen to highlight some of those uh, really um, unsung applications in additive manufacturing, things like additive being used for jigs and fixtures on the production line. Is there anything that's kind of catching your attention right now? So first of all, I think uh, tooling and jigs and fixtures continues to be a very strong an important application. I think not just because it's a good app, it's a great application in and of itself, uh, but also because it's it's a gateway to other things. Yeah. Other things you may call it, as I think I said last year, a gateway drug. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what I start seeing more of now is that some companies are looking for um, turnkey solutions, and some companies, other companies, are starting to offer. Uh, turnkey solutions. One one of the issues in the additive manufacturing uh, ecosystem is that it's very fragmented, which is mm-hmm. why we've always pushed integration, easy integration. With us, it's very easy uh, to integrate, and we think it's really important that all of the ecosystem players uh, play well with others. And mm-hmm. so that means APIs, that means integration. And the reason is that it's hard for the customer to piece everything together in, in a fragmented ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And so I'm starting to see some demand and also some supply um, for um, turnkey uh, ready solutions where you basically you go to one provider and they put everything together for you. I think you can see this happening uh, in some of the industries more than others. For example, in the marine, um, there have been a lot of uh, announcements out of uh, ThyssenKrupp and Wilhelmsen and Evival mm-hmm. Group and, and, and a bunch of others. So that's one one place where this is taken, where this is happening. But I think it's also happening elsewhere. So mm-hmm. this is something I think to look out for uh, going forward. And of course, when you offer something like this, security and consistency is is super important. So that's why we're involved and in, and in, in know about it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk more about Leo Lane there and, and, and how you're really um, involved in those kinds of conversations with companies. One of the factors that you mentioned that Leo Lane um, seeks to ensure is the protection of IP and that knowledge for um, AM parts and products. And IP has been such um, an industry challenge for a, a long time now with additive manufacturing from things like consumer product marketplaces, where we've seen disputes about copyrighted designs, etc., to big companies wanting to ensure protection of the very important data. Can you talk about the challenges that you were seeing in the industry there and, and those that may be ongoing and, and how Leo Lane is addressing them? So I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Laura. Um, the IP issues have, have always been issues and, and the more you use additive in production, the more of an issue it becomes. Mm. Um, and I'll even say conversely, if you do not uh, use additive in production, but you come across supply chain failures as we have in COVID, and then you want to use additive as an emergency uh, stopgap or anything like that, that's even worse in terms of uh, needing IP protection. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times, uh, well, I won't say a lot of times, but it, during this COVID crisis, we've seen companies that have started to think about, you know, what do I do in the case of failure or emergency? And they realize that if they don't put protection in place in you know, in times of peace, uh, then they won't have the protection in place when they ha- when they need it in times of emergency. And mm-hmm. that means that they won't have a solution. Um, one of the famous stories from the beginning of COVID was about ventilator parts uh, in Italy, 
where the ventilator co company didn't have a, a 3D printed solution for the part, and they certainly didn't have any security, so they were unwilling to send their 3D design to be 3D printed uh, mm. in Italy and basically save lives. And so what the hospitals there did, they went to a makerspace and the makerspace reverse engineered the parts. Mm -hmm. So the company that made the ventilators, if they had had an emergency plan and they had had protection, clearly they had 3D files. They just mm -hmm. didn't want to release them. And we can understand why, because if you release them in an emergency, it's a genie out of the bottle. You can't get it back. Yeah. So then in times of peace, you also lost a big chunk of your business that's going to be 3D printed and mm -hmm. you're not going to see money from. So, but if you have it in place, you have protection, they could have offered that just for the emergency and they would have made more money. They would have served their customer better. Their customer was willing to pay practically any price. So, I mean, it would have been a good deal for everybody around and lives would have been safe. But you yeah. need to think about that in times of peace. Mm -hmm. So maybe peace is not the word, but in, what do you call a non-emergency type? Ordinary? <laughs> well, they just call the normal times now. <laughs> well, there is no normal anymore, right? <laughs> That's my problem. <laughs> at, the, at most, there'll be a new normal, but yes. um, I, I, I don't know how to call that. But in any case, in normal times or in regular, ordinary, whatever times, you need to put in place the mechanisms that will allow you even if you don't use additive on a day-to-day -day basis to move over to additive in case of failure or emergency. Yeah. And, and so I, I think that a lot of companies are also looking at that and that's another trend um, that, that uh, we see. And of course, if you do that, as I said, anything additive in production, but especially in emergencies, you have to have security and you have to have repeatability. You can't have these emergency ventilator parts come out all wonky. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. you know that's even worse than not having them at all. Yeah. Um, so these are things that we address at, at Leo Lane, and that and and that's why people are also thinking about these things. You know, putting Leo Lane in place, even if they're only using it uh, in emergency. Mm -hmm. And I know we said we were fed up of talking about um, COVID um, early on in the conversation, but it is a really um, interesting topic in regards to supply chain and the challenges brought on by the crisis this year. I've really made quite a strong argument for the benefits of distributed manufacturing and, and additive manufacturing and supply chain um, with things like, as you said, the, the ventilators are indeed other emergency parts as well. But not just that, we've seen when manufacturers have had their regular supply chains disrupted, they've had to seek other means of production to really um, plug those gaps. So because of that, have you seen this kind of knock on effect where people are now seeking solutions lightly or lane to manage their workflows and, and protect, protect their products in these new supply chains? Yes, definitely. We've had we've been cold call approached by companies that we we've never been in contact with wow. that are looking exactly for that. I I I was very surprised. I have to say that when the pandemic uh, started to hit and we in Israel were in in uh, lockdown fairly early, you know, I thought it would be a boring time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'd sit there and, and I don't know, watch the sun rise, sunset, and and you know, that's it. Because I didn't think it would be any any business, mm -hmm. but I was totally wrong. Um, people understood that they need to address this, and I think that what COVID hit home is that this is not a one-time thing. 
-hmm. because there have been supply chain failures before there was brexit there was there was a, there was brexit people said oh that's never happening again okay maybe mm -hmm. there was a trade war with china for the us they said oh that's never happening again it happened again mm -hmm. uh, there's always the, the you know the the failure du jour and people don't see that as repeatable now nobody could have anticipated covid i truly believe that but after covid nobody can say that it's it that failures are not anticipated the one thing we don't know maybe what kind of failures and why and how is it going to hit us but the one thing we can all agree on is there will be failures mm -hmm. and so you really have to um you know take measures for that and additive is a wonderful way to address it and as i said specifically there's no way to do these things properly and consistently and in a, in a corporate grade uh way without a solution like Leo Lane, which mm -hmm. made us uh, uh, popular and, and surprisingly had, had, you know, got we got to know new people without going into any show or anything because they approached us. So that's actually been amazing. Uh, it's, it's kind of hard to say that uh, about a horrible pandemic, which is, of course, a horrible thing. But mm -hmm. I think you're right. It did do good for um, for the ecosystem and, and specifically for Leo Lane. Yeah, and you're right. It is it is hard to say that, and it's not something that any anybody really wants to admit. But the more conversations that that I'm at least having, I am hearing people say that it has kind of been beneficial to the kind of I guess PR around additive manufacturing, and you know the fact that people are seeing it now as this viable alternative to well, not just uh, making things like PPE, but their their regular uh, manufacturing setups, and you know it's definitely benefited from heightened attention during the crisis, um, which I'm guessing you will have seen as well from as you said more customers um, coming to to you guys, and mm -hmm. I guess acknowledging that these challenges are, are going to crop up again. Hopefully, nothing like COVID, but you're still going to get supply chain disruptions going forward do you think that people that have shifted to things like additive manufacturing now do you think that mindset will stick and that they'll continue to think about it um going forward i, I think the mindset will will stick and i think that what's important for us as an ecosystem is to be responsible with it because um you know hype can also create backlash and i think the ecosystem has seen it very strongly with the the you know what some of us thought at the time and I think most of us think now is the unwarranted hype for you know a printer in every home mm -hmm. a 3d printer in every home um the backlash was was very painful and so I think that we need to be responsible that now that the the hype is okay additive can help with um with digital supply chains a we have to be very uh honest with our customers in what we can and cannot help them with mm -hmm. you know uh still today with all of the advancements additive does not replace everything additive mm -hmm. is in another manufacturing technology it's an enhancement um and there are a lot of places where it's a great solution but it's not a catch-all mm -hmm. um so we have to be honest about that and secondly we also have to be conscientious about helping our customers put together uh, a system that when they activate it in the next emergency, it won't fail. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that means not just the printing itself, but also the security, like we're talking about, the workflow management, uh, the tracking where you can see what's happening and you're not going to lose control. Um, all of that, if that's not in place and then you turn it on in an emergency and it fails, 
it's going to be much worse than not having it at all. It's going, mm -hmm. you know, heads will roll. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's important in that context. I think it'll stick. I think it, it has, it's a great opportunity and it's on us to prove that we can live up to this. And I think we can, if we, if we help customers uh, deploy responsibly and correctly and fully, you know, at a corporate grade, um, there's no reason why it won't shine in the next emergency and really save them from all the awkward situations that they've seen in this emergency. Mm -hmm. Well, again, not all, but it, a lot. And yeah. in some cases, it just can't help. And we need to say that up front so that there isn't an expectation that it will, because then instead of it being a success, it will be perceived as a failure and, and yeah. unjustifiably so. Moving away from the COVID conversation a little bit, but it, it, it is, again, another kind of expectation that Additive is, is trying to live up to at the minute. It is, of course, the continued conversation towards Additive for production manufacturing. You touched on it a little bit earlier. We've seen more and more examples of Additive and production play out in places like BMW, for example, major manufacturers. What role do you think products like Leo Lane can play in helping to accelerate that adoption of Additive in those real production settings? So I think uh, there, there's a very important role in all of in all of the adoption processes, and that's getting the adoption past your uh, executive suite, your C-suite. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there, it's really important to answer the questions that keep those people up at night. Yeah. And there, Leo Lane plays a very, very strong um, uh, role because the C-suite is worried about IP protection. The C-suite mm -hmm. is worried about the company's reputation, which of course, if you have inconsistent or non-repeatable uh, parts, the reputation is ruined and, and they spend billions building that reputation. So those are things that the, that the C-suite cares about. The other thing that they care about is the economic viability of it, mm -hmm. meaning that you're not exposing, again, through theft or through leakage, uh, the economic uh, revenues that, that they expect from this line. So again, moving to additive from a physical inventory to a digital inventory, you really have to show them that you're securing it in order to alleviate these fears so that they feel comfortable going over to them. Of course, you need to do everything else that you're doing anywhere. You need to show them cost analysis and benefits. And by the way, the cost analysis, there's a different cost analysis for day-to-day. -day. Oh, that's a good word instead of ordinary, day-to-day. -day. And, mm -hmm. and a different analysis for a case of failure or a case of emergency because all the costs jump way up in those cases. And so the comparison should be made to that very high cost. Uh, and that makes additive even more attractive. So those are things, and, and while we can't help with the cost calculation, we can help with the peace of mind and with making sure that your corporate grade, and not just that, because Leo Lane doesn't disrupt the company's policies and procedures, you can also get the CIO and CSO behind you because they can continue to apply all of their policies and procedures, and they don't need to give up on some of them that they feel um, are um, necessary, you know, all of the backup and, and mm -hmm. all of the other pro the security procedures they have in place. Everything can continue because Leo Lane doesn't actually hold the files. Yeah. There's no appliance, there's no vault. They can do whatever they want with it. Mm -hmm. So do you have any kind of user application examples then of where you're seeing this happen? And, and also, um, you mentioned there about having to um, kind of, 
I guess, sell this to the um, exec suites at these companies? Where is the conversation and the push mainly coming from? Is it the exec suite or is it the the engineers? Where, where is that conversation happening? So in terms of applications, I think I mentioned before, uh, I think that interesting applications that we're starting to see are these turnkeys. Mm. Um, and I think that it, it's a, it happened in other, um, uh, how do you say, industries. Uh, some call it turnkey and some call it contract manufacturing. It's not really contract manufacturing because it's still internal to the company. It's right. more like turnkey. But, um, but, th- but you'll see a mix of both. So I think that those are those are interesting applications that that we're seeing more and more. Um, and in terms of your question of um, where the pushback is, it really depends on the application and the company. So of course, if you're going to do something turnkey, um, you can see executive pushback because it's it's more of an executive decision. But you can also see um, engineering or um, you know in the trenches kind of uh, pushback, uh, which any solution uh, of contract manufacturing or turnkey encounters, because mm-hmm. there is this uh, uh, NIH uh, approach, which is not invented here, NIH. Um, and so you, you see that, that but um, it's not us that see that, it's our customers, because our customer in this case would be uh, the, the company offering the turnkey, uh, okay. which of course we would sell to. So th- this is what they see at, at, at the customer. And I think that um, you see when you do that at this level, it's really more of an executive uh, decision. In mm-hmm. other applications, you you could definitely see pushback from, from many cases. I mean, I've seen uh, manufacturing uh, engineers that uh, claim that they can do with existing manufacturing techniques almost everything that that additive does and at a better cost. Whether that's true or not, that's that's what you really need to prove to them when you're selling additive equipment. But um, for us, it's more a discussion with uh, the product uh, managers and with the CIOs and CSOs. And, and there, I think that they uh, totally get what we're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And once these companies have had these discussions and they they've seen the benefits of additive and they they're willing to adopt it for whatever the application may be, do you think the need for products like Leo Lane does kind of um, speak to the maturity level of the AM industry today? It, it certainly shows maturity in the sense that products like Leo Lane are most applicable to production, mm-hmm. um, and so you really need to make end parts or tooling, also jigs and fixtures I include in that, anything that you use in the end as opposed to a prototype. Um, so in that, on that scale of shifting uh, to production, it definitely shows the maturity of the market. But I think that in the sense of AM becoming just another manufacturing technology, I always say I wait for AM to be boring because manufacturing technologies are boring or at least people think they're boring. Um, and so when we become boring, then we've made it, then we've matured. I don't think we've made it yet. We're not boring. 
And I wanted to get your thoughts on another challenge, which is um, kind of a popular topic within the additive industry and, of course, industries all over, really. But throughout our series, we've been discussing the ongoing challenges around sustainability. So is additive as sustainable as we think it is? What more things can be done to make it more sustainable? And I just wondered if you had any thoughts on the role that um, products like yours can play in overcoming sustainability challenges, or if you do have any other thoughts on kind of the the over the the overall sustainability challenges that the industry is facing at the moment so i i think there are i think first of all sustainability is very important mm-hmm. and i think it's it additive by its nature is is more sustainable and so making it even more sustainable should be a goal of the entire ecosystem mm-hmm. um and i think that using the tools at your disposal correctly can help with that and one of those tools is uh leo lane um, I think that one of the things that we see uh, with additive is additive makes iterative design um, possible and 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 very efficient. But when you iterate design, you actually have a lot of waste because you throw away uh, products that you 3D printed. Right. You looked at it. Okay, it's wonky. I'll do it again. Uh, still wonky. Okay, I'll do it again. Um, so that that is a place it's it's more marginal, of course, the, the big savings are in the fact that it's additive and not subtract subtractive, because that's in production. But even in the development process, we can be more sustainable by using software by using simulation tools, Leo Lane doesn't offer simulation tools, but that's an example. And where Leo Lane does offer is that sometimes these problems and these iterations happen later on. So it starts by the fact that um, you produced a product, you thought it was fine. And then somebody, let's say in a humid climate, tells you that it doesn't behave properly um, in their climate. So now you're trying to fix that and you want to see what happened to all the other uh, parts in humid climates, right? How do you know? But if Mm -hmm. you have tracking, you can know. And the tracking is what we provide. So that can help you limit the number of errors and trials that you make and and waste that you um, that you produce. But that I have to say that that is on the smaller scale. It's not as big as just using additive in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Additive is so much more you know it's such a big step towards sustainability you know when you talk beyond that the incremental steps are smaller mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I guess as well it's it's not just about the idea that you're using less material in the part or the fact that you're manufacturing closer to the, the point of need it is things like how do those additive materials get made and then you know right. how do we recycle those specific materials exactly. after the, the whole life cycle of the part that we don't really consider outside of just making it exactly and and the one thing i will say that if you do want to go to producing it close to the location so we're talking about distributed the issues with ip protection and um and with consistency become even more acute so you must have a solution like ours. Otherwise, moving to that model of local production and very distributed will create a lot of waste, not just a little. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the last couple of questions I have are more about um, Leo Lane itself. So um, during our last conversation, again, almost a year ago now at Formnext, uh, the biggest updates that you were talking about were things around workflow. Can you talk about any recent developments that you might want our listeners to know about? Yeah, so I think... Uh, there. One of the things that we've concentrated um, 
and I think I alluded to it in the last forum next with just a hint because we were we were it wasn't released at the time and we were just working on it was a secure sharing of knowledge hmm. and I think uh, we were working on it without anticipating COVID but clearly with COVID that's even more important the fact mm -hmm. that you can uh, securely pull knowledge from different um, people different experts different places uh, without actually having to come together put together some kind of partnership you know agreement or whatever and doing it the legal way you can do it using technology is very important and Leo Lane has an offering there where we can allow you to encapsulate and and securely share your your knowledge and so mm -hmm. that is actually very exciting and and turned out to be very timely uh not that we were again not that we were anticipating anything like covid i think you need this in day to day regardless but covid really brings this to strong relief and so um it turned out to be very timely mm-hmm mm -hmm. And for our last question, I'm going to do that thing that we're always doing at the end of the year, talking about what to look forward to next year, asking you to look into your crystal additive manufacturing ball and think about trends for 2021. Are there any kind of trends that you think you will see going into next year? Is it going to be more about those turnkey solutions you talked about earlier? And are there any updates that we can expect to see from Leo Lane as well? So there will definitely be updates from Leo Lane as well, but I won't spoil them in advance. <laughs> Uh, so stay tuned. Um, but uh, I think in terms of trends, yes, the turnkey, it, I think, is going to be a major trend in 2021. I think it already started. I think that uh, um, knowledge sharing, secured knowledge sharing, is going to become ever bigger because of, you know, our new normal or whatever that'll be. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that software will continue to be a super important part of AM, even and even more so than before, because of remote work, for example, which I think will continue in the new normal to some extent, maybe not, probably not five days a week, but at least to some extent. And that means that you need to be able to control remotely. That's always software. And mm -hmm. so the role of software in the ecosystem has grown a lot over the last couple of years, I think will grow even faster and bigger uh, in 2021. Thank you to our Additive Insight podcast sponsor, Ultimaker. Ultimaker are a manufacturer of desktop extrusion-based 3D printers that can help streamline your workflow and save you time and money. Ultimaker printers offer industrial grade material options backed by an extensive materials alliance program and they're also paired with trusted Cura slicing software which recently surpassed a milestone of 2 million users. For the decade in the additive manufacturing industry, Ultimaker machines have been used by a wide range of industrial customers for a range of applications. For more info, click the link in the description or visit mytct.co forward slash Ultimaker pod.